0: Welcome to the Fan Bros. The show where the Bros are fans. Doodle. What's up, Internets? This is Chico Leo. Coming to you straight from the Fan Bros Observatory on the Super Blood Moon. And we got a lot to talk about tonight, starting with Fear the Walking Dead. So, Fear the Walking Dead has been inconsistent all along. Uh, tonight might have been the best episode so far. Uh, the episode was entitled Cobalt, and Cobalt was it references the secret plan that the military has to liquidate all the civilians, to eradicate all the non-army personnel and um, our heroes, such as they are, discover this information late at night and this is all going to go down at 9 a.m. the next day. So we had our sort of first major you know, event involving the military when they came in last episode and removed Griselda... And um, is it Nick? Yeah, Griselda, Nick, and uh, Liza. Or Liza goes off on, or she goes on her own, but from the home by force. And we see where they take them. Um, Griselda, sadly, doesn't make it. She has to have her foot amputated and uh, dies of sepsis shock. Uh, But before she does, she actually uh, basically renounces Daniel, her husband, who we found out is a torturer. So he comes from, it seems like, El Salvador, Nicaragua, somewhere in the 80s, where he was, um, I mean, he makes it sound like he was forced, he wasn't given a choice, but to be a torturer and to torture people, and they, and then ran and, and hid in the United States, and then lived an unassuming life as a barber. Um, we find this out because he tortures Sean Hattosi, Um, Who's the corporal that uh, the the daughter Ophelia is, uh, you know, mooning over or or more than mooning over. Um, So, yeah, at this point, uh, we people are having to deal with both the disaster of the zombie outbreak and with the military And we get to see the other side of the military in that they're not; these are not hardened soldiers. These are scared kids. They just want to go home. They don't want to be there. They're not into killing civilians. They're all freaked out about the zombie stuff. They know more than the civilians, and so that's actually interesting. Um, They're run by you know an asshole, Martinet of uh, you know. Weekend Warrior type who actually does get eaten uh, by zombies. It's actually not clear if his men kill him or if he gets eaten by zombies. It's sort of left up in the air, which I thought was really good. Uh, And like I said, uh, this could have been the best episode so far. Um, Things were real inconsistent in uh, in the beginning. There were some great moments. But here we finally have a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Daniel Salazar wants to get his wife back. Madison wants to get uh, his son back, her son back. Daniel Salazar sadly does not know that his wife is dead, so he tortures uh, Sean Atosy's character and um, finds out about Cobalt and makes a plan to kill them. Um, Sean Atosy also admits that they locked a whole bunch of civilians and zombies into uh, an arena. Um, and so everyone in there is zombies, and Daniel goes to actually check that out to confirm that, and sees that it is the case. I'm not sure what he plans on doing next. Um, Travis, who's sort of been wishy washy throughout all of this, he goes. He does make a move to try and you know reason with the military uh, people to find out where uh, Nick. And Griselda have been taken, and where Liza is, and he um he ends up going on a ride along with a with a military group. That's where they end up uh, getting to a firefight to help out another military group that's been overwhelmed by zombies, and that's where the lieutenant or the captain um gets killed. Um, but it is dope because they they leave it up in the air what happened to him. Anyway, um, the kids. Uh, Chris and Allison sort of play dress up and destroy some rich people's stuff. I don't really know what the point of that was other than to maybe demonstrate and show like society is breaking down and going to hell. I, I don't really know. Um, they haven't really done much with either of those characters. Um, again, this this is just a six episode sort of mini season and it'll be back in 2015 with 15 episodes or oh, 2016 rather with 15 episodes on AMC. I don't know if it's going to be the show that follows the regular walking dead, but it seems like there's going to be a lot more zombies um for the foreseeable future. So maybe these characters will be a little more interesting in the future. Um Madison, who I I actually thought was one, was was pretty dope. Um you know, she's no Daniel Salazar, but she doesn't have much to do this season, although she gets to deliver perhaps the coldest, iciest line of the season when Daniel Salazar comes out from skinning the arm of Sean Hatosi, And she just basically is like, yo, did he give you the information? Um, you know, don't get between a mother and her heroin addict son. Um, We're also introduced to another character who I had to go online to find his name. His name is Strand, and he's a well-dressed, smooth operator who's got diamond cufflinks. And when the soldiers come to take Nick away because he's uh, rocking like 102 fever, um, he bribes them. Who knows why, but he bribes the soldiers with his diamond cufflinks and it's not clear why he wants, you know, why he thinks Nick is worth saving, Nick doesn't really understand it either, but he does oblige him by throwing up all over the cell, so that that will cover the scent of urine in the cell, so good times, good times, Um, don't get caught by the army, you'll have your leg chopped off, you'll be put in cells with, you know, junkies, and uh, if you're around at 9 a.m., you're going to get liquidated, so, this guy Strand is in the running, but clearly Daniel Salazar is the dopest guy on the show. Um, I have to give the show props for that. Um, Ruben Blades has definitely been uh, killing it this season. I definitely hope they don't kill him. I hope he lasts into, you know, the real, you know, the re- the real show once we get into the meat of it next year. But this was the Cobalt was the fifth episode of six and um, I'm psyched to see what happens in the uh, finale. I'm assuming they're going to get out of L.A., or some of them are going to get out of L.A. There's a lot of people who are going to get eaten by zombies. We're probably going to get to see our first big zombie attack. And uh, like I said, I think uh, this, this episode was more consistent than the previous ones, and, I, and the regular Walking Dead rarely uh, failed with the finales, so I think it's going to be good. Um, it might be annoying if they leave us on a cliffhanger, but they might do that as well. Um, another uh, So Gotham returned this season, uh, segue there, uh, with the episode Damned If You Do. And Gotham was interesting because of all the DC shows last year, not counting Hellblazer, Gotham was by far and away the most inconsistent. Even though Arrow's third season uh, paled next to its second and it paled next to uh, Flash's first season, yeah. uh, Arrow was, cons- was, cons- was more consistent than Gotham. However, there was some great stuff in Gotham. Unfortunately, the best thing about Gotham last season was Fish Mooney, without a doubt. And they seem to have killed Fish Mooney in the finale of season one. And so I was a little trepidatious going into season two. But I got to say, they, uh, you know, well, Fishless uh, Gotham sort of seemed uh, potentially really flabby and whack as some of the first season was. But um, they definitely came, came out gangbusters um they're definitely focusing more on the villains and penguin is now in control of the gotham rackets and we're introduced to a new guy Theo Galvan played by James Frain great character actor um he was on um true blood he's been in a lot of things uh, he was just actually on um true detective Um, He's probably on other shows uh, that have the word True on it or stars on many shows on the True TV network. But um, he also actually had a big role in The Tudors, for anyone who saw that. Um, But Theo Galvan and his sister Tabitha free a whole bunch of criminals from uh, Arkham, including um, Cameron Monaghan from Shameless, playing Jerome, who we know is the Joker. And Barbara Keene is now... um, Looks like she's Harley Quinn. She's certainly insane and in Arkham and in love with the Joker or they've got a thing going. Um, and that actually worked really well. Um, so I, that worked better than a lot of the stuff worked first season. So Cat, the young Catwoman is in Penguin's Gang and it definitely looks like the Theo Galvan gang and Penguin's Gang are going to run up against each other. Meanwhile, Riddler is, you know, sort of slowly going insane, um, talking to himself in the mirror, um, you know, various, uh, uh, an alternate person persona in the mirror. And, um, you know, Gordon is Gordon and uh, Bullock is Bullock. But um, I, I, I've got a good feeling about Gotham season two. Um, the, uh, Bruce and Alfred and Alfred was consistently dope in the first season. Bruce was yes and no. Uh, Bruce... And Alfred blow up uh, the secret door and actually get into the bat cave or what I'm assuming will be the Bat cave. Um, and Bruce finds a letter from his father that basically tells him you can either you know seek happiness or seek the truth. It's obviously a super big o- oversimplification, although I generally agree with that. Most people do seek happiness. Seeking the truth, I think, you know, we know from, you know, tales going back to the book of Genesis and the Bible and Pandora's Box and um, Prometheus. That basically when you seek the truth, nothing really good happens. Best case is you're going to go insane. The worst case is an eagle will rip out your liver every day. So you know most people choose freedom that's how they're able to turn their you know a blind eye to all the injustice going on all around us obviously bruce wayne slash batman will not be turning any blind eye to any injustice and will probably go insane as a result of it um so you know they're hinting at that maybe you know the father maybe um uh, what's what's uh? Is it, it's not George Wayne, but anyway, Bruce Wayne's father is it George and Martha Wayne that he might have been um you know some kind of crusader or something like that. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um, the Bruce and Alfred stuff, like I said, was hit and miss last season, and so we'll we'll see where this goes. I mean, I you know he can't become Batman for a while, but there there is a lot of stuff to explore with the training. And um, that's an area of of Bruce, you know, Bruce Wayne stuff. I actually never understood why DC never put out a miniseries or an actual ongoing series that featured Bruce as like an older teenager slash like 20 year old, like training to be, you know, you know, what we saw at the very beginning of the first Christian Bale Nolan Batman movie, like where he's training to be Batman. So, uh, you know. He's a little young for that that stuff, but they're obviously hinting at all of that. Um, so besides that, you know, my DVR has been all over me. There's been a lot of new shows that have been popping up. I had to spend a lot of time this week flying to the super blood moon. And so I, um, I haven't watched uh, a lot of things. And some things I did watch, I'm not going to watch more of. But the one thing that I watched that I can't really seem to get my head around is Quantico. And speaking of training, um, Quantico is a new series set in the FBI, uh, where, where you go to school at the FBI before you become an FBI agent. And it, 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 it kind of, I don't know. I mean, the, the stuff that was good was kind of really good, and the stuff that was bad was just horrendous. Um, first off, the casting seems like something out of some weird focus group. Basically, all the women are women of color. And all the dudes are white guys that kind of all look the same, except, you know, one's the white guy with black hair. One's the white guy with spiky hair. You know, one's the white guy with glasses. So it is really weird. Um, Everybody's ridiculously good looking like a CW show, including uh, nominally the star. It's an ensemble show, but it stars um, Priyanka Chopra who is not just a super Bollywood star and big recording artist in India, but she's former Miss World. and she certainly looks it. Um, and basically, they throw like basically a combination of, you know, American horror story and Empire worth of crazy backstories, plot twists, all that other good stuff. And um, it's really crazy. So it said um, there's, there's the biggest uh, domestic terror attack in America happens, uh, or at least the biggest since 9-11 or the biggest since the big domestic terror attack in Homeland a few seasons ago. And it flashes back and forth between the, the, the terror attack and um, the training at Quantico. And so we get to... We're we're introduced to the characters. The training stuff is actually a really good use... Or a good way uh, for us to actually be introduced to the characters. They're very cookie cutter. And um, I don't know. That's one of the bad things about it. The crazy plotting and all the red herrings... And all the twists and everything is definitely the good thing. I haven't decided whether I'm going to stick with this. I do think it's a show that might benefit more from a binge watch then to actually, uh, you know, sort of stick through it week by week by week, it's also on Sunday nights, which is the night that obviously all the, you know, the AMC shows, the HBO shows, everything else, you know, and so it's gonna be fighting for the DVR space, and so I'm not sure about that one, um, Earlier in the week after Gotham Minority Report um, premiered, and I was disappointed with that. I mean, I didn't have the highest expectations, but um, it it definitely seems like a show that should have come on 10 years ago, and it felt like a show that should have come on 10 years ago. It kind of had a bland feel to it that it looked good, but there was a little bit of a blandness That reminded me of a lot of the Vancouver sci-fi shows from the last 5-10 years. I'm thinking of Continuum. I'm thinking of Caprica. Both are shows that I liked more than this one. Um, One of the things this had going for it, or at least I thought maybe going into it it had going for it, was Megan Good in the lead. I didn't think... I, I, I wasn't feeling her. I don't think she can carry a show I don't think um, she's a lead actress. I think it's like an Anna Paquin situation. Like Anna Paquin in True Blood just couldn't really be the lead focus person of the show. And it was one of the reasons why True Blood was sort of all over the place. Because Sookie Stackhouse was clearly nominally the main character. Anyway, Minority Reports focuses on the three precogs. And, um... You know, I uh, it definitely is exploring issues that are interesting. If 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 it turns out people start saying a few, you know, a few weeks from now, yeah, yo, this is a dope show. But it didn't grab me anyway, like you know, Mister Robot did from the first or anything like that. Um, also, this week premiered uh, the Player with Fan Bros' fave uh, Wesley Snipes. So that's in my DVR. I haven't gotten a chance to watch that yet. Also, Fresh Off the Boat premiered. uh, The season two premiered this week. And Heroes was reborn this week. Um, I did see some pretty negative stuff on Twitter, but I saw some uh, positive reviews. I'm sure some people out there watched it. I didn't watch it. I, you know, I gave up on Heroes. I thought, uh, you know, like Orphan Black, it, it had a promising first season, um, it didn't have that singular performance of Tatiana Maslany, but, um, it just sort of went downhill after that. And I gave up, you know, in the second season somewhere, um, a problem with any, uh, um, you know, ensemble show is if you have some characters that are dope and some that are whack and you don't have a mechanism like, um, the walking dead where you can kill off the whack ones, then you're just stuck. I mean, cause they're paying these people. So they're going to put them on there. Um, and so, yeah, um, I don't know. Did anyone watch Heroes? Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe Heroes is just, you know, Heroes Heroes was a thing of its time. Well, certainly a thing of its time now is Empire. And Empire had its season premiere. And not only did uh, Chris Rock's character get murked, but we found out, in fact, that he was supposed to be a cannibal. Uh, Lee Daniels obviously not hesitating to throw the kitchen sink and everything else at... Um, you know, uh, at at Empire, um, Cookie was in a gorilla suit. Um, and I've always felt like, uh, you know, my analogy for uh, the Empire basically being um, Downton Abbey, except with three sons instead of uh, three daughters, uh, with Taraji Henson as the Dame Maggie Smith character. So um, yeah, I, I I question whether Empire, you know, I just can they keep upping the ante? That is my question. Like with everything that they did in the first season, and you kind of you kind of have to keep upping the ante. And now you know, well, first of all, the network wouldn't even let uh, him portray Chris Rock as a cannibal. They actually even shot stuff with him eating, you know, eating human flesh. I mean, they're saying that I don't. I mean, I don't know how uh, how true any of that is, but. You know, it just, it just seems... So anyway, it was a, a, a flashbang uh, premiere. I know uh, pretty much everyone else on the show uh, watches it uh, with a varying degrees of love and hate. And so I'm sure on this week's episode of Fambros, you will definitely hear more about the phenomenon of Empire. Um, But another phenomenon that sadly um, needs a shout-out is the phenomenon of, well, the phenomenon of gentrification causing Bergen Comics to close. Uh, Bergen Comics, a much-beloved Brooklyn institution, closed this weekend. They had a very classy going-away party, free beer for everyone, all comics and books, 40% off. I picked up some really good stuff. I I definitely highly recommend Fatal by um, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Uh, They also did The Highly Regarded Criminal um, and uh, Sleeper Agent uh, also, which I really liked a lot. Uh, I read those. So I definitely recommend that if you're into, like, noir stuff. If you're into stuff that's like the, you know, the first season of True Detective, not the second season of True Detective, and actually uh, Fatal has uh, an occult angle that um, Criminal didn't. And Sleeper Agent was about a, uh, you know, a, a superhero who goes undercover in with villains. And it's really good. So I highly recommend all those. Shout out to Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Shout out to Bergen Comics, which allowed me to pick that up for 40% off, the nice, classy, hardbound edition. I hadn't read Fatal. But, um, yeah, Fambros last year, we did a couple of events with Bergen Comics, Everyone over there was always uh, really great. Um, they seem to do a good business. It's really unfortunate that the landlord didn't want to renew their lease. It sounds like they're going into publishing, uh, which is a good thing. Um, and on a happier note, uh, just a shout out uh, and happy birthday to special delivery zone Ila YC. He's out celebrating hard. And you can probably expect to see him show up on TMZ sometime in the next 8 to 10 hours. And, of course, uh, it goes without saying, uh, we are one week out from Super Week. Uh, Super Week, which is the only thing that can actually eclipse the Super Blood Moon. I hope you guys got to see the Super Blood Moon. It was pretty dope. But uh, Super Week next week, FAMBROS to begin the week to lead into Comic-Con. FAMBROS is hosting three stellar events. On October 5th, we are hosting Star Wars vs. Star Trek, The Attack of the Khan at the Benzaquin Hall. Um... From 7.15 to 8.45. On October 6th, will be a live recording of the Black Girl Nerds teaming up with the Fambro Show. Two of your favorite podcasts getting together in the same room. It's like when Teen Titans teamed up with the X-Men. Um, that's also at the Benza Quinn Center on October 6th from 7.15 to 8.30. And then on October 7th, on Comic-Con Eve, we are hosting... Fambro's crossplay, cosplay, party, and costume contest for anyone 21 and over. So sadly, you're going to have to leave the kids at home. But uh, definitely bring your party outfit. Bring your costumes. Um, We will have costumes and accoutrements for people who don't have them. But we are definitely encouraging people to come. Uh, Even if you're not part of the cosplay community, uh, it's all about the spirit. And people are encouraged. It's a cross play. So you are encouraged to go as perhaps uh, someone from a uh, different ethnicity or a different... um, a different gender but remember this is just a costume so uh you know no inappropriate skin or hair appropriation and um that's october 7th at latitude which is at 783 8th avenue and that'll be from 8 till 10 p.m there's going to be drinks and we've got sponsors folks for all these events there's going to be gift bags there's going to be uh, live video game demonstrations and playings. There's going to be... We got a murderer's row of superstar guest stars. So head on over to com- uh, to uh, fambros.com and check it out. You can see uh, who's going to be at all of these events. And of course, you know that I will be there. DJ Benhamin will be there. Uh, Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech will be there. And hopefully you will be there. So be there. Fan.